The Leap Foundation proudly presents the Meet the Mentor podcast with New York Times bestselling author, motivational speaker, and celebrity dentist, Dr. Bill Dorfman. Hey, Dr. Bill here. Happy, happy New Year. Um, So this is a little weird because my guest is not here. She's stuck in our parking structure downstairs. So we're just going to start without her. Uh, First of all, I just want to welcome you all back after an amazing um, last 2019 was so cool. I got the pleasure of starting off 2020 at the Golden Globes, which was phenomenal. My patient, Louis J., is the director of the Golden Globes, the Grammys, the Emmys, the Tonys, and the Academy Awards. And he literally invited me to come and sit in the director's booth and watch them make the show. And it was phenomenal. Plus, I got to do the red carpet, which was also a lot of fun. But 2020 is going to be an amazing year at LEAP. We have phenomenal, phenomenal speakers lined up. Uh, if you haven't signed up, we got another 10 signups last week, which was awesome. Please go to www.leapfoundation.com and go ahead and sign up and um, be included in LEAP. Uh, when Rosie gets here, we'll start her interview. But until she gets here, I'll just tell you a few other things that are coming up. April 29th, we will have our LEAP Gala. Now, last year, we raised about $150,000 at the gala, and all that money went to sponsoring young students to come to the LEAP program, which was amazing. This year, our goal is to double that. And hopefully, fingers crossed, we got a commitment from Kirsty from Pentatonics to come and perform at the gala. Um, and I think we'll get Mark to host it again. He was amazing. And it should be a really good time. So if you're in the L.A. area or you would like to travel to L.A. to come and do that, that would be awesome. Uh, for those of you that don't know, this live broadcast is then cut into about a 20 to 25 minute podcast. And believe it or not, the podcast has exploded. We just found out today we are number three in Poland, of all things. We're number three in Finland. We're in the top 100 in seven countries worldwide. And in the U.S., we're about 94th in a category of 47,000 podcasts. So please um, listen to the podcast, spread the podcast to your friends, tell them about it. Uh, the, the whole objective of this is really to give you guys insight to different people's professions. And when Rosa gets here, she's had a really cool career as an actress and is doing some other cool and exciting things now. So we'll, we'll get into that when she gets here. One of the things that we teach at LEAP is how to be in a mastermind group. And for those of you who don't know what a mastermind group is, Benjamin Franklin did the very first one where he basically took a group of his closest friends and sat them down. And these were all people that were his contemporaries that he felt he could look up to and decided that having a collective brain of you know seven or eight people who thought the way you did and 
could help navigate through life would be a good thing. And it ended up being a phenomenal thing. And so um, that was pretty much the first mastermind group. When I joined the Young Presidents Organization, I went into one that was then called a forum. And in a forum, we had nine uh, nine members, uh, one woman, the rest were men. And we basically talked about business and life and challenges that, that go on. And, and you basically develop your own personal board of directors. And I have to say, personally, it's one of the greatest developmental um, adjuncts that I've had in, in my life. And so we started teaching this at LEAP. And a lot of our LEAP students graduate LEAP and form their own mastermind groups. Um, and in fact, I brought it to other things like, you know, the men who go to, the, to my metal meetings on Saturday, we start doing mastermind groups with them as well. So if you're interested in, you know, learning about mastermind groups or whatnot, um, we have things that we, that we post on our website that will give you information about mastermind groups and how you can form them. But it's a really great way to, you know, to, to, to kind of get your own kind of personal board of directors on board. So Rosa's here. They're miking her up. And uh, while they do that, I'm going to read her her intro. Um, but actually, but first, I'm going to give her a hug and a kiss. I'm going to let you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Come here, you. you. I'm good. I'm good. You, you did. I know you rushed in from another meeting, but I thank did. you so much oh, for I'm being here. Glad to be here. So we met at kind of like a mastermind event. Uh, I have a good friend named Guy, who puts together these amazing dinners where he brings in all different kinds of people from all walks of life that he thinks would like to connect with each other. And Rose and I met there and I started talking about Leap and I told her what we do with the Meet the Mentor and all that. She said, I'm in. Yep. She is. And here She's I right here. So let me give you a little bio on her and tell you what she does. And then she'll tell you some of the exciting things that she's about to be doing because she's kind of... I have a double life. Yeah, she does. Although she's had a very successful career as an actress, she's starting like phase two where she'll keep acting, but also add a whole new element to it. So hang on and we'll get to that. She is a Chicago native. She's performed in over 40 theaters and musicals starting at age 18 to 21. Eight, but yeah. Oh, eight. Sorry. Okay. I have a bad I, eye. I noticed. Look what I, happened. I know. I know. We'll, talk. Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, she is educated at the infamous Second City Conservatory and was crowned Miss Chicago prior to moving to Los Angeles in, in 1904. 1804. Yeah, I know. I know. It's so long. Um, since then, um, she's appeared on over 275 plus episodes of television and in the Sony blockbuster horror film, the Grudge. Um, audiences may know her from her six years as a lead, Dr. Lou Delgado right. on Lifetime Television's medical drama, Strong Medicine. Also as Ronnie Cruz for three years on ABC's Families, Make It or Break It. For five years as Barb Thunderman on Nickelodeon's The Thundermans. And currently as Kaylee's mom on the Netflix family sitcom, Team Kaylee. That's right. 
Um, she's also performed stand-up comedy at the Comedy Store, the Laugh Factory in Los Angeles. She's appeared on a multitude of talk shows from, uh, let's see, Bill Maher, Anderson Cooper, Jimmy Kimmel, Wendy Williams, Dr. Drew, The View, and now Dr. Bill's Meet the Mentor. Right. Um, You're the most educated of any of the talk show hosts. <laughs> I don't know. Have... Bill Maher is my patient. He's pretty smart. I love him, and he is pretty smart, but can we agree that you're more educated seeing as how okay. you went through Thank med you. school? <laughs> okay, well, thank you. Um, in 2019, she earned a master's degree in clinical psychology from Antioch University. She is in the process of becoming a licensed marriage and family therapist in order to use her public platform to destigmatize mental health and help others, specifically in the entertainment industry, which needs a lot of mental health help. And, um, help and health. Yes. And where she considers that a breeding ground for depression and anxiety issues. I mean, hello. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So let's start from the beginning. Okay. Eight years old. Yeah. How did you start as an actress? Um, I, it was something I always wanted to do as soon as I found out it was an occupation. So I remember a babysitter letting me watch The Love Boat. And there was the Dallas Cowgirl cheerleaders and I, or Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. And I remember being like, they're so glamorous and beautiful. I guess I'll become a cheerleader for the Dallas Cowboys so that I can get on TV because I was so young. I couldn't piece together that acting was actually a job. You didn't just have to be a cheerleader on a fake boat. Um, so it started then. I started doing um, theater like at, at age eight. And But like what kind of training did you have at eight? I mean, you I didn't have training like, at eight. I so didn't, you, I just, like how did you start booking stuff? You got an eight? Like, <laughs> well, wait, like, when you're in Chicago, when you're okay. in Chicago, there's, you're, you're doing theater okay. and you're, and you're in your training ground is theater. I mean, eventually so when I was So you 19, just started auditioning. Yes, exactly. Eventually. But you, somebody had to like have sat you down and said, okay, here's how you audition. Oh gosh, no, not at all. You it was trial in. and error. My dad would read the newspaper. There'd be the open calls we'd go to and it was theater. It was literally community theater and then eventually professional theater. But that didn't come for a long time. It was just, that's what you do in Chicago. And that's why Chicago, when I came here at 21, it was exciting for agents because they know if you're a Chicago actor, you're you're not a waitress calling yourself an actor. It means you've been working as an actor. Okay. Chances are. I mean, at least it was like that. Um, so that's that's what we did. We did. I did a bunch of shows, and uh, I had always wanted to go to Hollywood, but my dad said they will eat you up and spit you out. Don't go until you're ready. So I was like afraid of it. And at 21, I met somebody from Aaron Spelling's company. He said, um, "You've done what you can do in Chicago. Now it's time to make the leap from New York or LA." And I brought my dad because I didn't know if he wanted to sleep with me or if he was being legit. Turns out both. Uh, and But dad was with me. We had the meetings and I moved out a month later. Oh, wow. I just saw Bombshell last night. So good. Great, wasn't it? So good. So once you got to L.A., mm -hmm. what kind of formal training did you have? Or was it just all I was all on no, the job? It was uh, I, I was able to get in the rooms because at the time I could play 18 and Latin, which was uh, right on the heels of Ricky Martin's career and J-Lo as Selena. Um, so it was a big deal. I was coveted because of those two things and because I had 43 shows coming from Chicago and right. a second city background. So I had the comedy uh, improbability and I mean, it was great. It was different than just being like a, a pretty girl from Iowa 
with a suitcase and a headshot. And I think that's what most people do is they don't do the, any training. So I didn't have like an acting guru as many do out here. I had the resume with a bunch of theater shows. So, I mean, a, a lot of my students are, are LA locals mm -hmm. and, you know, if they're interested in getting into acting, I mean, obviously they're not going to at eight or nine move to Chicago right. to start doing no, theater. No, no, no. What would you recommend for a young person living in LA to do as far as like formal yeah. training and preparation, all that, if they really wanted to enter the world of acting right now. Right. Well, if they were young and if they're able to get a formal, formal education from like, say, uh, John Aquino, who is in the Valley, who, you know, does all the kids right now. He's like the big guy specializing in all the kids. What I would tell anybody, no matter where they're from, is exhaust the possibilities in your town. If they're lucky enough to already live in L.A., um, you have a ton of student films to build your resume. Um, look in Backstage West, which is an online, it used to be paper, maybe it is still, but online. All of these things were independent films and stuff, so you have a reel where you're going to get uh, experience sort of on a set because you can't replace on set experience. Experiential learning is going to be way better than like any acting teacher who's like, you should worship me because I'm famous. <laughs> I wasn't able to make it as an actor, but now I'm going to yell at yeah, people and, and make them feel like teacher. garbage. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, yeah, I, I've had one great acting coach, Lee Kilton Smith, who's been thanked in many, many, many Emmy and Oscar speeches. And she's amazing. And I call her up when I have something, uh, I'm nervous about or something really big. Uh, but otherwise it's all been from, from doing it. When you prepare for an audition, do you like to go in front of one of these coaches and just kind of practice with them and get their feedback before you go in? Does no, it's help? too expensive to do that for like a Lee. Uh, it, it's, it is helpful though to do it in front of somebody. So the first time you're opening your mouth and saying the lines isn't in front of a camera in a room full of producers. But also I should have said that Second City training, I wouldn't recommend Second City here, but I would recommend the Groundlings because there are so many times you go into a room and you need improv. And when you go into an interview, you need improv. And in life, you kind of need improv. Can't always be like practice. You, you know what? That's so, so yeah. true. Uh, I am not an actor. Um, Except I, you have more followers than me on Instagram <laughs> but, somehow. Well, but I, no, but I mean, I, you know, I started doing reality TV. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I soon learned that reality TV isn't that real. Um, like for instance, no, when we did it, when we did extreme scripted. makeover, it looked like what they call a two shot, um, camera, you know, cause there would be a camera on the patient and then a camera on Dr. Sure. Bill, right? They saved money. They only had one camera. So basically twice. we would do a scene and they would keep the camera on the patient and then they would write down everything I said. Then they would put the camera on me and have me regurgitate everything yeah. I had just said. Yeah. Uh, so I actually had to learn how to act. Yeah. And then when I did the Dr. Bill show and I realized that this isn't me actually just doing dentistry, I took a groundlings course. It's the best training. And it was the best training. And I don't care if you decide never to be an actor in your life. It will help you in presentations, in life, mm -hmm. in anything you do to get in touch with that and learn how to communicate like that yeah. was such a valuable skill. So I give like the highest rings to I the ground. So we're sitting in the class and the teacher says, 
okay, doctor, you are going to be like a giraffe in the jungle. Da, 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 da. I'm like, can I just be a dentist in the jungle? Because I'm never going to play anything. Right. But they're like, no, you're a giraffe. Yeah. Get out of your... So what ground... What The takeaway from like a second city or a groundlings, the takeaway is get out of your comfort zone and the concept of yes and. So instead of no exactly. stops in action or no, here's yeah. why you're wrong about that. Yes and. It's sort of being open to, huh, I never thought about that. Yes and. And that could be taken in any field. All right. Well, before we move to yeah. your new career. Is there teeth whitener in here? <laughs> I have a new one. Before we move to your new career. Yes. Any really great advice that you can give any of our students who are watching that really want to get into the world of acting? Give it to them. Goodness. Um, so aside from if you if you can get into Groundlings, um Watch a lot of content. I know right now it's really popular to watch slime videos and DIY videos and all these YouTubers who do really well, but it's that's not acting. So watch content. Expose yourself, even if it's to community theater. It doesn't have to be like you. Nobody's expecting people to have, you know, a couple hundred dollars a seat to see something at the Pantages. Expose yourself to theater. Do theater. You're going to learn stuff and join a community and figure out if you like it or not. By doing that, and it could be at whatever level, whatever you have access to. If it's at your school, do it at your school. If you have access to um, community theater, great. And, you know, so it's sort of like you're you're building your experience so that you don't just try, you know, your first day to audition for some massive national tour. Of course, that's not very realistic. Get yeah, start somewhere. and, you know, I, I just finished reading a book called Outliers. And Is that the 10,000 hours? Yeah, yeah, with Malcolm yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Gladwell. And, you know, he has a theory that it literally takes 10,000 hours to become an expert in anything. And if you look back at the history of a lot of people's careers, you may not have even known it, but like the Beatles. The Beatles had... 10,000 hours of performing in these really small, right. grungy, unknown clubs in, in London before they even came to America. Of course. You know, so when you see Olympic athletes, that just doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> you need to practice, practice, yeah. practice, practice. And what, another thing I tell, and I, I run a PowerPoint presentation when I do group therapy about this subject. Sometimes people fail miserably and people think it's too late. And it's, there's kind of the, it's never too late thing. You know, Oprah was fired from a journalism job at 23. Tina Fey was working at the YMCA. Uh, what's his face? Stan Lee put out his first comic book at 40. Um, you know, the Hurt Locker's director, Catherine Bigelow, didn't start directing major films until she was, she got, she was 47. So it takes, you never know. Where so perception is yeah. such an important thing. Yeah. We don't talk about failure. No. See, it's practice. I always say, if I try to do something and it doesn't come out the way I want, I didn't fail. That was just practice, Learning experience, right? right? And so you have to really pose things with that kind of mentality because if every time you do something, it doesn't come out the way you want and you feel like you failed, that's even worse. So basically when you're doing these things, if it doesn't come out, and I would say I never fail. And the reason I don't fail is because I don't quit. 
You only fail when you quit. So if you do something and it doesn't come out the way you want, that wasn't failure. No. That was practice. And piggybacking on that, if you want to be an actor, you will mostly fail. The right. job is mostly failing. Practicing. If I've, if, I've, <laughs> if I've done almost 300 episodes of television, it means I've failed, you know, not gotten, I don't even, 3,000 jobs? Yeah. 4,000? And that's know. what you do. Yeah. That's I, what you do. Yeah. So you have had a very successful career as an actress, Mm -hmm. you know, and now you're making this transition. So explain how that whole thing happened. It is a fear-based transition. Uh, I started at 43. I started to see what was happening to my friends' careers who had similar credits. And I mean, like major motion pictures we've all seen. Um, And I started to see there was a, their careers kind of were coming to a standstill. So even if they did work, it might be, once a year on a few episodes of something, it wasn't like it had been. Um, and I said, I then at the same time, I found out my own therapist was uh, near 80 and not in her early 60s, like I thought. And I, it really was a wake up call. I go, what's my plan from 50 to 75? Because I had always just planned on working. It had worked very well for me. And I was the poster boy for you don't need school. Not everybody needs college until I did. So at 43, while I was a series regular on the Thundermans, I went back to school full time, finished my undergrad, got my master's degree because I realized being a therapist is really the only thing that I would have like fill my soul other than acting. And I wanted a backup plan. I don't want to be a casualty or statistic. I want to have like autonomous control over what I'm going to do. I think that's amazing. I'll tell you a funny story that happened in reverse. Marsha Cross I heard this story because I worked this with her true. at Strong I'm Medicine. Friends. I'm good friends with Marsha. She went to the same school, Antioch. Yeah. So basically, Marsha had a very successful career on Melrose Place. Mm-hmm. Melrose Place goes off the air and she doesn't work for like a few years. And she thought, you know, I'm really passionate about therapy. I'm going to become a therapist. Yeah. So she goes to Antioch. Mm-hmm. She gets her license. She goes into therapy and she tells me this. She's sitting there in the room and the patient's like, I can't tell my problems to crazy Kim. Right. Cause and she, she played was, a, for those of you who don't know, she played a, a crazy redhead on Melrose Place. Right. She was crazy on Red Yeah. Melrose she was great. And the guy, and, and she was, and so she finishes the, the session and she was really kind of, like, like, is this going to keep happening? Yeah, and, da, da, da. and then she gets a phone call from Mark Cherry. Yeah. And they brought her in for Desperate Housewives. Sure. And she booked it. And like within two weeks, her whole life changed. Of course. Of course. So now she's going to go. No, I don't know if she's yeah. going to go back, but she's had an amazing career. But it's funny because she did hers the opposite yeah. of you. Yeah. That's exactly. I had heard that story. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. And I also love the fact that. Your intention is to go into this field and really help people in the entertainment industry. I mean, that's the idea. You get it, right? I get depression. I get anxiety. I get fear. I am my own worst enemy. I had way more self-esteem when I had no credits coming out here at 21 than I do now. Because now, (laughs) it's like the more you know. Uh, That's just reality. And the more I've been in this business and I meet people with household names, the one thing we all have in common is, you know, they won't they won't blast that on in their Us Weekly interview, but they all suffer from depression yeah, listen, and anxiety. I have a patient who is a world-famous Academy Award winner. Yep. He I, walks into my office. He just won an Oscar. 
and I congratulate my boy. I go, what's up? He goes, I'm unemployed. And, and, he's, like, and he's putting probably yeah, all his life yeah, worth into yeah, his last gig. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, but you're like the most famous actor alive. You just won like your fourth Academy Doesn't Award. Matter. He goes, yeah, but I may never work again. Like, you don't understand that. He goes, until I get my next job, I'm literally unemployed and feeling really bad about myself. Right. And watching everything else keep happening around you. And and so his fear of not working again, although it may seem preposterous if he looks at his mantle, um, is, is a very real fear. And by the way, in order to get four Academy Awards and be in this business, you have to be able to take a self-esteem beating. And the fact that I am not addicted to anything and I've never had an eating disorder, I feel like I'm in the like 0.001% right. of actors. Right. And, and I mean, and, and this may not be something that you guys will take to heart or not, but I always tell young students that really are intent on getting into acting, work, 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 but have a backup plan. Yeah. Because here's the biggest problem with acting that I see. You are not in control of your career. No, that's at not. All. No. You have all these ninnies who are in control of your career. I mean, you may be the right this and the yeah. right that, but you may not be. And you may be the most qualified person in the world, but matter. you really have no control over your career. So I always tell young people like, you know, get a business degree or have something so that, you know, if acting happens, it's great. But if it doesn't, you life. you're, yeah, you don't like sit around with nothing to do. Okay. And, and then that's a hard thing to do. That's why so many young actors in LA are, are waiters and waitresses because they just, they need that for, but I would say if you are a waiter or rates, learn the restaurant business <laughs> because when you're 45 yeah. and you haven't made it as an actor, you probably won't open a restaurant. Right, you right. know what I mean? Like don't waste your time. Make the most of it. Yeah. I, but I also believe in like, it's okay to have a passion and do something that fills your soul and makes you feel good without the attachment to the outcome of, I have to get an Academy Award or I have to be on, right. you know, but be recognizable. You have to like, eat yeah, yeah, and exactly. pay rent. Exactly. And, you know, so you got to be realistic. Totally. Too. Totally agreed with that. Well, listen, I wish you the best of luck Thank in you. your new career. Um, are you actually seeing patients already? Yes. On December 26th, I got my number, which is uh, you need a, a license to, uh, uh, it's called a MFT associate, which you get before you get the license. Uh, and I am, I just signed yesterday a contract with a private practice to cool. supervise. So if people that are watching this would like to use you as their therapist, how do they reach you? Uh, Rosa Blasi therapy dot com at gmail.com. So Rosa, my name, R-O-S-A-B-L-A-S-I therapy at gmail.com. And also I would love to have you come be a mentor at Leap. Um, on Friday of Leap Week, we will have a hundred professionals sitting in a room and the students will actually just get to sit there and talk to you face to face. So cool. if you're available that Friday, I would love to have you. Yeah. If I'm not working as an actress, I'll be in town All as right. a therapist. Awesome. All right. Hey, so that was awesome. You're awesome. And um, we're going to have an amazing 2020. I hope to see you at our gala on April 29th. And I hope to see those of you that are 15 to 25 
at LEAP. And if you're older than that and you have a great profession and you'd like to come as a mentor, please contact our office and we will have you come as a mentor and speak to students. With that, Dr. Bill, over and out. To learn more about the LEAP Foundation, go to leapfoundation.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the LEAP Foundation, on Instagram at LEAP Foundation, and on Twitter at LEAP Los Angeles. Listen to the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.